Hey Rollers, this is Josh. If you're a nerd like us, you should check out our Patreon. We have bonus QPR content, like what Eek and Emberlin are doing while the party continues their adventure, Solonar first getting into an Alarion gang, or how Boat got into the professional wrestling circuit. Thank you so much. We're only able to record QPR with the support of listeners like you. Check us out at patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> so... <laughs> What? Just, just the way you moved us on. <laughs> and moving on. Just, and now back to the plot. That was the plan. If if you guys if you guys recall, back to the plot was a pitched uh, yeah. a- episode. Like uh, that was our, a pitched name for the podcast. Yeah, our famous catchphrase. <laughs> and now back to the plot. We, we use it in every episode. You've been keeping them in the episode, right, Gabe? You haven't cut out them every single one. This is Quid Pro Roll. A fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Well, howdy, listeners. Welcome to the Daily Crier Listening Show, where all the news and varying and beyond can make its way, well, right to you. The pies turned out great. Well, the ones after the first two. It had been a while since I baked, and those test pies were, uh... Yes. <laughs> couldn't have said it better myself. I figured out the problem before I burned down the kitchen, though. I suppose it's a good thing the building is mostly made out of shaped stone, too. Well, while I wait for this tearberry pie to cool down. In the aftermath of the dragon attack, Johannes investigates the makeshift dragon body, discovering the meticulous work of its creator before the party return to the inn to interrogate the kobold terrorist. Through a grueling back and forth, the party eventually learns roughly why the kobold committed their crimes and, more notably, how they learned such effective illusion magic. The party soon sets off with Spritz the Kobold in tow to find the wandering tower of a dark wizard. Now remember to try new hobbies, or even give some old ones a new look. Keep that sense of wonder about you. Few tools are more powerful. And as always, y'all take care now. So, you guys were walking off into the sunset with Spritz, going to find the Dark Wizard uh, and his magical teleporting tower. Wait, sunset? It was morning when we got up and fought the dragon. (laughs) What is a sunset but an it's a long battle morning? <laughs> what is what is a sunset but a backwards did we, morning? Did we spend eight hours <laughs> interrogating this kobold? That's how it felt to me. Oh God! It was a battle worthy of song. <laughs> and yes, and you walked off with Spritz trying to sing in Draconic and Johannes translating. So we are going to do start the episode on a bit of a time skip, though, because I do not want to fade back in as a singing kobold, if that's all the same to you. 
Um, I so suppose. I think, um, like this, <laughs> a, as a group, we work on like a consensus building um, base, and Bull, I feel that the consensus that we built here is that five of us really want to see this episode start with you singing as a kobold. Yeah, it's, it really so, breaks my immersion if that's not where kobold, we're starting. Kobold, 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 Guys, are you seriously and peer pressuring me into like, ripping Gabe's eardrums apart I, now I, I and whenever like this episode's an mixed? important part of a, a consensus building governed organization is peer pressuring <laughs> the I'm one sorry, holdout. I'm sorry. Hold on. At what point did you think this podcast was a kobold democracy? Well, well, no, it, we... Well, okay. <laughs> so again, we're going to time skip about midway through the day. You are going to you are going to Yeah, get it all out, Alex. Thanks. Blah blah. You right. you good, Spritz? You got something stuck in your mouth or maybe it was the peanut butter that you all put on the roof of his mouth. Wow. That was that was Funny. a snack for later. Yeah, it's good. Good peanut butter. Yeah, but that's that's why he's doing that. Mm. 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 Well, there's only one way to find out, and that's by doing more peanut butter. Oh. <laughs> we can't have small sample size bias. <laughs> shoveling peanut butter into the mouth of this kobold is a it's wild for, way to start this episode. This is for science, Spritz! <laughs> <laughs> so... All of you are sitting around in a really nice kind of part of the clearing. There are several large, smooth stones that some of you have sat on. Uh, you've opened up your packs to take out some snacks and just kind of have a real legitimate break as Johannes peanut butter boards the kobold. I mean, I'm sure other people are doing other things. I Yeah, that's... Uh, Anybody no, else doing something? Episode, I can do guys. other things. I'm, I'm sorry. I just the the phrase peanut butter board was placed upon me, and I had to sit with that for a moment. That's it's like a gourmet charcuterie, but it's peanut butter, different peanut butters <laughs> instead of meats and cheeses. Uh, um, y- y- Johannes, <laughs> is this really? Is this is this is this how we? Is this what we do? I mean, I also have a mouthful of peanut butter right now, so yes, is what we do. Oh, oh, okay. Um, it's for protein. Um, it's the only way to build muscles like boat. Kosa picks up the jar of peanut butter, looks around, realizes everybody's using their hand, or <laughs> just I guess it's just Johannes. I, I don't know about everybody else. No one else um, is in the peanut butter but Johannes. Yeah, it's just halfling hands. 100% uh, of the people eating peanut butter right now are using their hands. Koza pushes his hand into the jar and, like, scoops up some peanut butter, but then realizes, like, oh, the, this jar fits a half... Are halfling hands big or small? They're uh, halfling hand-sized. Is that so They're about small, half the smaller, size of a normal hand. So okay. if you think of, yeah. the, think of the size of a ling and then... Ah. About um, half yeah. that. So is I, I believe Koza's hand is now stuck in the peanut butter jar. Beautiful. Uh, uh, um, as the prophecy foretold, you are the chosen mace hand. Whoever can excise Koza's hand from this jar of peanut butter shall be king of this clearing. <laughs> nope. 
Koza, looks like we caught you with your hand in the peanut butter jar. You gotta, you gotta relax. You gotta, you can't fist. You gotta, you gotta, it's like a scooping no. hand. I, I you, can't, I can't get it. If you're clenching your fist, then your your hands are gonna be stuck. You gotta it's... you gotta relax your hand. Okay, I don't know how I can get my hand any more relaxed right now. It's just flopping around in this jar. See, it's I can't. All right. All I right. Can't hear any of this, or is this just a Cobalt. wild experience right now? All right. I'll hold it, the... You gotta scream at the top of your lungs. It's the only way. <laughs> I can't get my hand out of the peanut butter jar. Well, that was good. It's, it's not. It's not helping. All right. All right. Who's got I'll... reduce and large? I think Boat does. Um, Did I ever actually get that spell? I'm gonna. Did you? I'm pretty sure I... you called it out specifically. Um. So we're looking for a moving castle. I'll, I'll hold the jar and you pull and we'll get you free of this yet. Roll strength. All right, that's all you. That, oh, um, one of these days I'll remember that, like, we use character sheets. And so I should probably <laughs> already have that open. Oh, uh, that's a, a 17. I got that's a two. All right. So, Koza, well, you're able to free your hand pretty deftly. Solinar's weak little baby hands release the jar and it flings backward into the woods. Uh, Solinar like falls falls forward as Koza tugs on the jar and just like face plants in the dirt. <laughs> I thought I thought we were setting up for like a a senpai moment, but okay. Absolutely not. Why you always gotta be shipping? Ara ara. So, Bo, what are what are you doing as this peanut butter chicanery happens around you? Peanut butter chicanery is a band name now. Uh huh. Um, I'm not really sure where Boat falls on any of the current doings. Um, <laughs> he's just reading the map and trying to, like a dad reading the newspaper in the morning, trying to ignore his children fighting at lunch. Boat is basically just trying to get us back on track, exactly where we need to be. <laughs> All right, and where is that, and how are you doing that, bud? Um, by ignoring everything that's going on at the moment and hoping that it resolves itself. Yeah, that's worked well for you so far. I mean, it did make me the guard captain of Palabar. Did it? I thought it was uh, stealing a cloak that had no significance outside of the uniform from a dead guy. That's your and opinion. And then you declaring yourself the the... That guy. If it had no significance, then how did stealing it make him the guard captain of Palabar? Uh, no, it didn't make him the guard captain of Palabar. It did, however, make him think he was the guard captain of Palabar. Look, We're going to find out that that cloak has like some kind of illusory magic that makes you think you're an elected public official. Mm-hmm. Potato, uh, tomato. Uh, wh- 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 what the heck? What the heck are we doing? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I, I recall that we were going to go try and find a, a, how are we going to find a tower that moves? Well, the assumption was that it appears where it's most needed. And with you as our captive, your need for it would be very great. I, I'm a captive? Oh, well, I a, thought we were a, just kind of hanging out. For, oh. for a given value. I thought we were we were bonding. Oh, oh, I know. We're hanging out, right? I thought we were hanging out too. 
Are no, we not? No, no, I mean... So you were you were doing your dragon thing, right? Yes. And there was, there was the town, and you, you had kind of a successful racket going. Yes. And then we interrupted that. Yes. And then instead of leaving you in the town to start a new racket, we brought you along with us. And so, since you are following our lead, your direction is kind of captive to us, is what I would say. Uh, Solinar, that seems kind of roundabout. Exactly. Persuasion check. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell if that's a persuasion or deception. I can't tell how much Solinar believes his own nonsense. No, no, no. You tell me which one, it, like how much he believes his own nonsense so I can tell you what to roll first. You don't they're, get to roll and then tell me. They're the same. I get the same bonus for charisma both. modifier. <laughs> he could have. He could. He could have. I'm trained in both. Yeah, I was about to be like, he could be trained in one, not the other. That, that could be I'm trained. I'm trained in both. All right, but tell me uh, what you rolled for my sake. Well, yeah, it's sixteen total. No, no, no. Did you roll <laughs> deception or persuasion? Oh, I feel like that's more of a persuasion roll because I don't. I don't think it's necessary. I think Solinar was trying to backpedal his way out of say, like putting his foot in his mouth. I don't think that's like outright lying so much as it is trying to logic being nice. If you ain't lying, you're trying. That does that does make a great deal of sense. I don't know that the tower is going to come to me, though. Well, it came to you before. What would you do that time? Um... I mean, I found it. I don't know that it came to me. It was in the village. I think there was a plague or something. So all we've got to do is figure out how to make it look like there's a plague. <coughs> we need to create a visual miasma. So let's figure out how to make some smog or something. Well, we could build a big fire... That'd be pretty smoggy. And then... I mean, oh. if it's looking for a place where there's bad things happening, then the place where all of the f forest fog is creeping out and making people go and disappear, I mean, those are some bad things. It's probably right around there. Johannes, if it's all the same to you, I would appreciate not going back there for a while. Mm. We could summon some locusts. We could summon some frogs. We could change the color of the water. There's a lot of ways to 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 in, intimate a plague is happening. Boats God I, complex has gotten out of hand. I think any one of those would be a very convincing plague. Mm -hmm. All right. I just so don't know we where need, we get the materials for any of them. We need barrels of food coloring to dump into the river. We are um, not poisoning the river to summon the dirt. Food coloring is non-toxic. Not if it's concentrated in barrels. Hmm, I've got an idea. I'm all hey, for Alex. it. Hey, Alex, I've got an idea. Uh, yes, my dear. <laughs> Here, here's my thoughts. Breath weapon, lots of frogs. Do you want to <laughs> breath weapon frogs? Yeah, that's my thought. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great thought. All right, you have to make the sound of you breath weaponing frogs. Of course, of course. Okay. <clears throat> Do I have to roll anything? Could it, like, number uh, of frogs or something? Yeah, roll a 
D20 just so I could get an idea on volume of frogs. Yeah. <laughs> Roll for oh, volume of frogs. They're going to be pretty loud, I think. Yeah, <laughs> pretty loud. As per usual, I got a 17 on this one. <laughs> Gabe, I'm so sorry for the sound you're going to have to make for this. What? <laughs> and they all sound like boss nass from the phantom menace <laughs> you you guys watch his johannes like um b- makes that sound and he's like sitting there and he's kind of like on all fours kind of like a cat like that's got a hairball <laughs> and uh and he makes that sound and then uh frogs just come just a, a lot just a horde of frogs oh Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> All right. no. As Johannes barfs frogs, you know, utilizing the once a long rest ability sent to him by a sacred deity to vomit frogs. What a time to be alive. Johannes, it's Wednesdays, Johannes. my dudes. <laughs> I burp, Johannes, I, are you okay? I, it seems like you've been cursed by the Baba Yaga. <laughs> And then, like, Toad pops out. And he's like, And Yon is like, Wow, I made a lot of frogs. That's what I was trying to do. Is this a literal plague? Are you contagious? So help me if you're contagious. I don't think so. Let's try to burp a frog. I don't want to. That sounds massively unpleasant. But I did it. This is uh, fantastic. Horrifying, but fantastic. <laughs> you know, I don't get surprised by these things anymore. We live in a magical world, so I shouldn't be surprised when a whole gaggle of frogs comes out of my friend's mouth. What is a collective of frogs called? Hey, look, Alita, I did it. <laughs> um, you, you did what? I'm, they're everywhere. What? How? Uh, the, uh, the dragons. What dragon breeds frogs? Shadow dragons. I would like to mention as well that I have looked it up and a, the collective noun for frogs is an army. So I would like, (laughs) I would like to put forth that Johannes can command these frogs to attack somebody. Uh, 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 uh. No, no, no. No, no, there is a line. There's, are you telling me there's a foreign army on Alarian soil? <laughs> there's, they're a mercenary force. Um, <laughs> Frogs well, for hire. Now that we have they're a plague. They're really good at amphibious assault. <laughs> now that we have a plague. You think the tower's going to come? I don't know. Anybody, anybody feeling any tower proximity or? <laughs> I My use tower sense tingling. I use detect good and evil. How does good and evil work again? <laughs> read, read that spell for me. This is pretty much it's a bit like at a, this point. It's like a 60 foot wide circle, I think, or something like I'm that. I'm detecting good and evil architecture. <laughs> <laughs> Fey, fiends, demons, or demons are fiends. Yeah, 30 Undead. feet. Is a 30 foot radius or 30 foot diameter? Does it so it detects what creatures? It says within 30 feet of me, so I guess it's a diameter. I guess it's, that's diameter. Yeah. No, that's 30 feet. That's within 30 that, feet of you. That's that's radius. 
radius. Yeah. Sorry, that's what I mean. Uh, aberration, celestial, elemental, fey, fiend, undead, or and uh, yeah, good and or evil. Been, yeah, you've been ruling it that it's malicious or malevolent or benevolent. Yes, as well. But the, the odors, the odors are dependent on what kind of creature it is. Yeah, um, I sniff. So you take a big old sniff and you smell nothing abnormal other than frog. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting smell that you can only describe as swampish. I, th- I think I, that's just residual. I still got a little bit of that swamp in the back of my throat. <coughs> There is something, however, that is making the hairs on the back of your neck stand not on end, but you can feel them raise slightly. Hmm. I'm slightly perturbed. (laughs) So, all of this aside, this dark wizard thing going aside, we're on our way to Marine, are we not? I think we're on our way to Saxon Heath first. We were going to stop in and see Johannes's family and see if that'd be a safe place for Cole to stay. I know it's I know it's a little bit of a detour, but I think it's a worthwhile one. Yeah, we got to find some place for him to be. Cole's going to kind of like look up from playing with the frogs. He's going to look at you all quizzically, pull up his pan flute and begin to play. The sensation of which is giving you all the image of all of you walking hand in hand, including Cole, giving you the distinct impression that Cole is asking why he can't stay. It's dangerous, buddy. We don't want anything to happen to you. He's going to give the, like, pan flute three aggressive toots and the image of the Baba Yaga appears in your head. That wasn't our fault, and we came to look for you as soon as we found out something happened. He, he shakes his head and then plays again, and you see a series of events that occurred over the time you were gone of him safely existing in the Baba Yaga's presence, despite her danger. She could have eaten you. That's what I, she does. I, I feel like that's, that's a little bit of a different situation, bud, because that's Baba Yaga had reason to keep you safe as both a a bargaining chip for us and because she herself was a little concerned about, you know, the the curse thing that you got going on. He shrugs. If we brought you with us, there's no guarantee that anyone would be conscious of that stuff or that we would be able to keep you properly safe from anything that we're encountering because very frequently... We ourselves can't keep us safe, much less someone with us. He's going to rifle through one of your saddlebags and pull out a dagger and adopt an aggressive stance. Solar's right, though, buddy. Look, we were just hanging out here, and then all of a sudden there was a plague of frogs. Trouble follows us all over the place. He looks at you. So, Boat, Koza's, Koza, Cole's going to look at you expectantly and kind of like determinedly like stab the air to his side. You want to kill somebody? (laughs) (laughs) With dagger in hand, he will pull up his pan flute and begin to play. You all see the image of Cole riding valiantly into battle upon Snuffles, raising a spear aloft. 
I cannot tell you how uncomfortable even the concept of that makes me. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing stuff like that. You should be doing kid stuff, like playing with frogs. You see you Johannes just playing with frogs in the background. He's got like <laughs> a whole bunch of them on his shoulders. And he's like, no, you got to hit this note. Bah, bah, bah. Come on, we got to get this chorus together. Shape up. So Johannes <laughs> is in the corner, like weirdly uh, bouncing while he wears a hat made of frog face, directing a chorus of frogs before the moon falls on the third day. <laughs> you should be leaving stuff like charging into battle, spear aloft, and thrusting it through the hearts of your enemies to the adults, because you should be able to do kid stuff. Like a kid. He points at Johannes. Johannes is not a kid. And he drops his arm in disbelief and looks at you sideways. And Jesus. Johannes is currently occupied teaching the frogs to be a chorus. He He's points just a at small Johannes. adult. <laughs> He's just a very tiny adult. Cold, cold does not believe you, but okay. We don't. We don't want to bring you into danger. We thought that where we were having you stay was somewhere that was going to remain safe. And the fact that it wasn't honestly is heartbreaking for me because we thought that you'd be okay there. We thought that you'd be safe for as long as we needed to be on our adventure until we could help you take care of the curse that you have. And instead, you ended up right in the heart of danger. And that's... I mean, that's kind of on us, because if we'd known that something like that was going to happen, we would have taken you out of that situation before it did. Cole pauses, and you see him kind of look down and then look over at Alita and then look back at you. Do you need to talk to Alita, buddy? He's going to walk over to Alita and put his hands on her mask and tug it slightly upwards so that it covers her eyes before he's going to walk over to you and begin playing the flute again. This song is more of a dirge. And the image that flashes through all of your minds is a scene that you have not seen before, but you have seen the dragon that is locked in battle with another dragon. It is vicious, it is violent, and it is bloody. This is precisely the sort of thing that we don't want you to be a part of. And that very realistically, we ourselves are going to have to be a part of in the immediate future. You feel a tug of insistence as the image flashes away from the fight. And while you can still see echoes of it, you see Cole running and digging and hiding the relics. You feel and this insistence of... He's clever. He's helped you out already. Alita's going to like tug her mask back down and be like, honestly, I think that they're right. Gabe in the distance, do it, bring him. <laughs> I think Gabe just likes the idea of being able to compose like evocative pan flute music. Honestly, <laughs> I think Solinar's right. I think that we should bring him 
If not to Johannes's family, then somewhere he'll be safe. I want, I want to be really clear, buddy. We know that you're smart. We know that you're capable. We know that you can protect yourself and sometimes things that are really important to us as well. But at the same time, you shouldn't have to be doing any of that. You should be able to hang out with people who care about your well-being and learn new pan flute songs and play with frogs and run around in the forest finding truffles. Like, whatever, whatever kid stuff that appeals to you that isn't getting embroiled in, quite frankly, a big dangerous conflict that you shouldn't have to worry about. You should be able to leave to us and we can take care of it for you. Cole is going to look down, seemingly kind of defeated. His shoulders are going to slump a little. He's going to go and he's going to sit, wrapping his arms around his knees. Poor guy. He just wants to be helpful. Well, yeah, but I can't. If something happened to Cole while we were in a temple or while we're trying to literally infiltrate the army of our greatest enemy, I I would be beside myself. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's a really bad scene. It's kind of an understatement. I just like, I don't know how to express that to him in a way that he will understand and appreciate. Because I know, I know Cole just wants to be helpful. I know he just wants to be part of everything. And I, I appreciate that. I, he's very resourceful. He's far more mature than his age would imply. But he's still a kid. He shouldn't, he shouldn't even be aware of all of this stuff, much less involved in it. I know a way how to communicate to him in a way that he will understand. And then Johannes takes out a little pitch pipe and he goes, and then all the frogs start singing a song. Roll for frog performance. They have your same modifiers because you threw them up. You hear ribbiting as you see the outline of Johannes in your doorway at three in the morning. I froed up. I froed up. Fifteen. <laughs> All right. They sing with surprising, like, harmony, given how it hasn't been very long that they've been training for this moment. Though one could argue it has been their whole lives. Johannes is just an excellent teacher. All right, Koza, what are you doing, bud? Um, Koza just doesn't is pretty unsure of like he he doesn't have right he doesn't have as much history with Cole, right? Like I'm not I'm not Koza has as much history with does. Cole uh, as literally anyone else right. in the party. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, but Koza still he doesn't really. This is not his strong suit. Um, he's a little uh little unsure of what to, what to do in this situation um so instead um he's just like poking at the dirt with a stick um and he finds a neat mushroom um and he goes to show cole the neat mushroom cole looks at the mushroom and kind of pokes at it a little in interest 
but is still sulking. Even after the frog song? He's sulking less than he was. Mm, but good. even even melodious frog song cannot pull him out of the depths of his preteen anger. Now maybe maybe on the way to where we're going, we can stop at a water park or something and just really make sure he has a good time. I don't know that a child that can't make noise is a safe person to bring to a water park. I mean, we'll get one I mean, of those child leashes. I'm going to I'm going to tell you right now, uh, children in danger at water parks uh, make roughly the same sound because drowning is not a noisy affair. All right, that's bleak. Let's go ahead and move right past keep, the, that. Keep an eye on your kids at water parks, folks. Maybe we should just rest here for the rest of the day. Everybody seems a little worn out. I can agree with that. Uh, okay. Um, I mean that this isn't a nice place. Um, there's <laughs> there's a nice nice bit of forest. Um, there's a big field right there that that maybe the tower will show up in. Um. <laughs> Do we need anything else? Yeah, I don't know about y'all, but I've got the back <laughs> of my the hairs on my neck. They're like they're not standing up. They're kind of like kneeling. You know what I mean? But they're not laying down. Alita's gonna kind of scoop Felix and get her pack and be like, "Yeah, I'll go get wood and see if I can scrounge up anything additional for food." You guys just set up camp. Sounds good. I think I think I know what'll cheer Cole up. Cole, you and I, buddy, mount up. And Solinar climbs onto Snuffles. Midnight looks affronted. Cole follows you. Don't worry, Midnight. I'll I'll be back. I'm not I'm not leaving you for super long. Uh, Midnight sort of tosses her head as if to say, <laughs> "Fine, go have a fun time." <laughs> uh. And I'm not mad. <laughs> Solinar is going to ride Snuffles into the woods in search of small game to hunt with their with the party's protege. That's adorable. All right. Johannes, Koza, Boat, anything that you guys want to do as you prep camp? Do I still feel uneasy? Roll perception for me. Uh, about an 11. You feel comfortable enough to sleep there. There's something that tugs at the edge of your mind. Well, not necessarily danger, caution. Mm, I'm going to do a lap. I grab both my shields and I just start walking. All right. Uh, Boat's just attending to the uh, business of getting the camp set up, uh, making sure we have a fire and all that stuff. All right. Koza? Uh, Kosa has set up like has taken a staff and stuck it in the ground to make the big the big mushroom to give us all some shelter. Um, and um, now he's um um let's see here what what I think Kosa has gone and picked some mushrooms and he's making some kebabs. I hope That's everybody likes kebabs. Delicious. Um, everybody, everybody sing the Breath of the Wild cooking song. I, so th that's a lot of clinking and clacking. That's going to be really hard for me to emulate. Everybody get your spoons. 
We're gonna play it on the spoons. <laughs> Solinar, your hunt with Koza, not Koza, your hunt with Koza <laughs> that you've suddenly brought. Cole, your hunt with Cole stay at camp. Koza and I are going hunting. Two men on one horse. Your hunt with Cole seems to have brightened his spirit significantly. And the sun has dipped beyond the horizon by the time you return. Boat has succeeded in getting up camp, and Koza has made the, the fragrant smell of well spiced mushrooms is sort of wafting in the air. Johannes, you have walked around enough to see that there doesn't seem to be any immediate dangers. Do I still feel uneasy or am I am I feeling less queasy? You're definitely not feeling queasy anymore. You you wonder for a moment why you felt as suspicious as you did. But it goes to the back of your mind. Well, mm. okay, army, round up. <laughs> we're going and we're marching back to base. I, I will tell you, by the time you long rest, the frogs will probably have evaporated back into the ether because I am not giving you the ability to create infinite life. That's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, so, believe yeah, it or not, I'm not letting you create infinite life as a, you know, just a basic action. Mm -hmm. except, <laughs> except for the daily trail of trees that we awaken as part of our journey. Well, also that, yes. So, you all are going to settle into camp, and night and sleep claim you. Well, at least restfully for some. Solinar, you are going to awaken, so to speak. You know that your awakening is not actual consciousness. You can tell that the atmosphere and the space and the place that you find yourself in is completely different. Everything is, while forested and lush, uh, a series of purples and teals. Everything is otherworldly. You see a glowing figure standing on the precipice of a cliff near you. Uh, so the first thing, Solinar checks his dagger of warning to make sure that it's not signaling. While you are clothed, you have none of your weapons or additional anything. You're oh basically God. wearing your sleeping clothes. Feels so naked. <laughs> You're wearing your gym jams, I assure you. He doesn't have any of his weapons? Notably, yes. Oh my God. You have your mind. That's the most uh... dangerous weapon. Wait, no, she's in no weapons. That's actually a notably... <laughs> oh, God! That's actually a notable thing. You don't have any of your weapons, but the figure that's standing on the precipice has a very familiar silhouette. Uh, all right. The figure on the precipice is how far away? Like, 20 feet. Oh, that's close. Yeah. Uh... Solinar is going to, on realizing that he's completely unarmed, uh, he's going to glance around and look for something with which to arm himself, even if that's a big stick. So you seek around the space and you find a stick that is this rippling white. It doesn't seem to be able to decide what color it really truly wants to be, so it shifts and moves like paint in water. 
before even touching the big stick, uh, I'm rolling Arcana. Oh, for a second, I thought that was a two. It is a 12, which for a total of 14. As you can tell, there doesn't seem to be anything wrong. Good enough for me. And Solinar takes the shifting stick. All right. He's ready to drive a car. <laughs> uh, and he's he's going to hold it kind of idly, almost like a like a walk. It's it's kind of quarter staff ish for length. He's going to yes. hold it like a walking stick and just sort of uh, slowly move closer toward the figure, presuming that the figure is aware of him being here, because I'm guessing that while looking around for his other stuff, he noticed that he's the only one here. You get the distinct impression that there has not been a time the figure has not known you were there. Yeah, yeah. So instead of trying to stealth up, Solonar is just going to, having armed himself, trudge up slowly. The figure, like, pauses and turns. You realize the identity before she says, Were you really going to hit me with that stick? guys, Alex here. I am just popping in to thank some of our Patreon subscribers. I cannot tell you guys how much it means to me to have you guys all on this journey with us and for making this possible. I want to thank Brian Barltrop, Caitlin Brophy, Craig Little, James Arms, Kane Nelly, and Kyle Oatman. You guys help make this reality and I'll never be able to tell you how grateful I am. So hopefully this does a little bit of it. Thank you. And scene. No, hit her with the stick. <laughs> hit her with the stick. <laughs>